Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Anyway, I want to I want to speak on today. What do you what do you carry? What do you carry? I read a book years ago called The Happiest People on Earth. I don't know whether any of you have ever read that book. It's back. It's a bit of a hit back about 20, 30 years ago, The Happiest People on Earth. Well, I look at these people up on this platform here. They are just carrying such a smile. It's like you, you just got to smile looking at them because, not because they're so funny, but because they're, <laughs> because they're, they're just smiling so happy. And, and, you know, the happiest people on earth are talking about real believers, real believers that are the happiest people on earth. And I like to take a scripture from uh, called The Good Samaritan from Luke chapter 10 verse 30 to 36 and, um, and it's about four men called um, you know four men one was a, a, a priest one was a Levite one was a Samaritan and one was the person who had been hurt by the robbers and uh, we might just call them Rob, Andy, Pete and Michael and, uh, and uh, Luke chapter 10 verse 30 and Jesus answered and said to um, to a certain man called Mike, go down uh, to Jerusalem to Jericho. And then he fell amongst the thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. So this is Mike that's half dead on the road. And now by chance, a certain priest, and his name was Rob, he came down that road because, you know, when it's just a certain priest, it's easy just to you not really think that, but these are real people. So a certain priest called Rob came down the road and when he, he saw Mike, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, when Andy, the Levite, when he arrived at that place, he came and looked and passed also by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan called Pete, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on Mike. And so Pete uh, went to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring on the oil and the wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to the inn and took care of him. And the next day when he departed, he took out maybe a hundred pounds and gave it to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of Mike and whatever, you, whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell amongst the thieves? So there was four people here. Um, and obviously the man that was beaten up was the, the Jewish man that I call Mike. Maybe, you know, he was, he was a Jewish man. He'd come down from Jerusalem, went down to Jericho. But then there was the priest and then there was the Levite. These people were people who were brought up and, and were going to the temple all the time. They were, they were people going to church. They were people going to the temple. So, so, so the Levite and the, and, the, um, and the priest, when they come down, they just walked and they saw the need and they just walked past on the other side. You know, it's easy to be, to be removed and to make excuses. And, uh, but, but they went, maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe they had an appointment to see their wife. Maybe they, they, maybe they were afraid that if they stopped, the robbers were going to get them. That was probably a fair motivation. Uh, maybe they thought, well, maybe they didn't just have anything. Maybe they weren't carrying anything. But for some reason, the next man who comes down that road, I wouldn't call him, I can't call him um, um, Pete. That's it, Pete. <laughs> so Pete was coming down the road. When, some, when Pete was coming down the road, but Pete just happened to have oil and wine. He happened to be carrying something, but I think there's, it's, see, see, what do you carry? You see, we're singing about Jesus and, 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 and God wants us 
to carry something. And, and this, this man, this man Pete, is coming down the road and he's, he's got, he, he stops and he, he, he's, I just think it's not by coincidence that he actually had the, the, the oil and wine, which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The oil and wine is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, but the other two just kind of, maybe they even had it in their bag, but they didn't even, even stop. They just kept going and, and moved past on the other side. <coughs> There's different reasons why they would have, why they just shuffled away and went away quick. Maybe they felt probably a little bit of a tinge of uh, conviction and as they got there further down the road, I wonder what's happened. And, and maybe they even wanted to buy the Jerusalem Times the next day to see if something had happened to that, to that, to that guy and, 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 um, and, uh, so, so, so you've got to read into the story, but, but what do you carry? I just think it's amazing that, that he carried the oil and wine and he, and he ministered to him, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And Because you have got something. I trust that you are carrying something. You can't belong and come to a meeting like this morning. And we're singing about Calvary covering us and, and, and you don't possess something. We have got so much, but sometimes we're not aware of what we carry. And, 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 but, but you are carrying the presence of God. You are, you are carrying it. And this, this, this man, this Pete, he just stopped and he, and he ministered to him. You know, there's a danger of being a professional Christian. There's a danger. I've got to tell you, I've been brought up. I was telling, telling uh, Cheryl coming in, I, since I was probably a week old, I've been going to church. I mean, I've been just going to church. I've been going to church. I've been just going to church. Sometimes, a lot of times, I went to church because I just didn't want to go to hell. So I've got to go to church. <laughs> I just got to go, I want to go to church. And, and so I would appear in church every Sunday. But during the week, during my school years, I was, man, I was, I was a terror. And that was, that was what I was like when I was at school. Right? And, um, but I always go to church. I'd go to church. I'd go to church. But, but let's not be professional Christians because this guy, Samaritan, he might have had a good reason because he wasn't really accepted by the Jews. And obviously this man, Mike, was a Jewish man coming down from Jerusalem to Jericho. But the Samaritan had a little bit of, they had, usually had a little bit of resentment towards the Jews. So it's very easy to live out of a little bit of resentment, but let's live out of an abundance with God because God wants to make us whole that we have got something to give to this world. So, so, so let, you know, the Samaritan carried compassion in his heart. He got into the other person's world. But the priest and the Levite probably were carrying something as well because they were carrying laws in their heart. They were carrying laws. They were carrying laws. Maybe, maybe they were racing to get to the temple. But they were carrying something, but they weren't carrying what the other man was carrying. I want to ask you today, what are you carrying about seven days a week? You're just carrying like baggage of the past or whatever. Man, I look at these people up the front here and they, the smile is like, I just saw Joseph and I'm like, I just want to smile. What a smile. Makes you happy just looking at people who smile. Ruth has, Ruth is one of these people that, that, that she tries to crack people who don't smile. Look, I hang around with her all the time. She's not trying to crack me. She's cracked me a long time ago. But, uh, but we were on the plane coming up yesterday and this guy would not smile on the plane. And Ruth says, Ruth just has to go. Be so nice. And just, be just, just. But she, she didn't get him, but she might get him tomorrow going back. <laughs> you know, because, you know, would you just give it away? What do you got to carry something to give away? Carry something to give away to this hurting world that you care about this hurting world that we are in. We are walking containers. What is in your container? You're not just a name. You're not just a, a person, but you're a walking container. 
What are you carrying in the container? This man carried the oil and the wine in the container. He just happened to be, he was carrying it with him. He thought, wow. You know what? He was probably looking for someone along the road to help. He was actually probably looking for someone. What are you carrying? Let's carry the presence of God. Let's carry an answer for this hurting world. I think about another, another story that was five wise and five foolish virgins. I like to read that story because they talk about a container that they had. In, in Matthew chapter 25, it says, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. And those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil in their container. They had no oil. Now why would you take a lamp and have no oil? Why would you take a lamp with no oil? What good's the lamp? I'd say, you see, you see, see, we've got the light of the gospel. Let us have a, the container filled to overflowing, ready to give. But these were five wise and five foolish virgins. And, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight was heard. And sometimes, you know, when I was being brought up, I kept on hearing every Sunday night, Jesus is coming back. He could come back this week. He could come back by morning. You've got to be ready. I heard that every Sunday night. Now, do you know, I have, it is just as real today or more real than it was 2000, uh, 2000 years. More, I'm not 2,000 years old, by the way. <laughs> as, as 40 years ago. Jesus is returning to this world. And this story remains forever real. Then all the time. But it's not just for when Jesus comes, but oil needs to be in your lamp oil needs to be there that will keep it burning and burning bright to this world and 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 so and the bridegroom was coming they said the bridegroom's coming go out to meet him and all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said to the wise give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out do you know i can't really give you the oil this morning i've been thinking about this do you know the amazing i can't really give you the oil the oil I need it for myself I'm telling you today that Jesus is the source of your oil he is the one that can help fill that oil you can come today and be refreshed and have it but it's ultimately Jesus is the giver and he wants to fill your lamp to overflowing today so so give us some of your oil our lamps are going out but the, but the wise answered say no let's say we're not enough for you for us and you but go away and, and, and to those who sell and buy for themselves and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went out with him to the wedding and the door was shut. And afterward, the other virgins, the foolish ones came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, surely I say to you, I do not know you. I do not know you. I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Well, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. But let us be people who are known by God. Let us be people that we're singing about Him, that we know Jesus, that we know Jesus. Jesus said, "I am the the bread of life. I am the bread of life." Let us have a hunger within our heart to know Jesus more. That Jesus, we would know You. That that Lord, You would fill our container, and that there would be such a joy within our heart. When I was growing up, growing up, growing up in church, and in the early years of my life, I didn't have this overflowing joy. I, 
I used to sit in church and sing every second line of the hymn. I thought, I used to sing it sometimes every second verse because it just seemed, I was just there and I thought, pass my time myself if I sing this one, then I'll think about the next one I'm going to sing. And it was so, it was just like, we went to a conference one time after I married Ruth and we went to this conference. And I remember sitting in this conference and I was so happy that I was next to the door because... <laughs> <coughs> The door was in Australia. We were in a, it was in a, it was in, it was pretty hot, and so the door was open. There was like these two doors there, but I was so happy because I was next to the door. And anyway, I was. Uh, it was so boring. Just listen to this go. I go on and on and on, but I had something else to fill my mind with because as I looked at the pathway going past outside my door where the people went past, there was a caterpillar going along on <laughs> on on. It was a, a caterpillar that was going across the path. And I, was, and I was kind of working out when he was finishing to whether the caterpillar was going to get across in time. So I was kind of in, enjoying this, this, this there because he made the message a lot better because I was looking at the caterpillar and, and, and I thought, no, he's not gonna, it looks like he's winding up. Caterpillar, you better get going. No, I think you're, you're pretty safe, Caterpillar. You're going to keep going. You're going to keep going. Anyway, that's how, I went, I, that's, how I, that's how I went through this message. I remember it so clearly. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. At the end of the message, I turned to Ruth, and the caterpillar by then was well on the grass, and he'd gone, man, because he went on for so long. I looked over to Ruth, and Ruth is crying. She's weeping in this meeting. And I thought, what's happened? Why are you weeping? Why? The caterpillar got a rice. Oh, God. And she's weeping. Just, but Jesus, just, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know what I felt like thinking? I wish I could go through that message again. <laughs> I think I missed something. But you know, don't miss it. Whatever you do, don't miss it. Don't miss it. There's many things that can occupy your mind and how, just, just many things that can occupy your thoughts and your mind, but, but don't miss Jesus. Don't miss him. He is the bread of life. He is the one. He is the bridegroom. He is the one that our oil needs to be filled up to overflowing so that the light will burn bright. From we're only on this earth for a little while. Have something in your container. Another lady, another person to speak about is number three. Is in John chapter four when the lady at the well of Samaria, she came down to the to the well of Samaria to get some water, and Jesus is there and he says, "If you knew who was who was who was asking, would you give me a drink?" And she said, "But but what do you give me? I, you, you the Jew, you, uh, uh, and I'm a Samaritan. Why would you give me a? Why would you ask me for a drink?" And Jesus says this once again because it's talking about a container. And in John chapter 4 verse 10, Jesus answered and said, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Oh friends, what's in your container today? What's in your heart today? This lady said, if, if you knew who it was, I want to say to you, let Jesus be more than just someone on the words up here that we're singing about. Let him just be someone more. Let him not just be like, it was okay, I saw Ruth got touched in that meeting there many years ago and she was weeping. I want to go through it again. Friend, there's no such thing as at the end of this life we can, can rewind it back and start again. This is our life to, to allow your heart to be filled with overflowing today. For God is real, friends. He is so real. Let us be filled in that living water just overflow 
out of our life. If you knew the gift of God and who is it who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You know, about 30, over 30 something years ago, I found the living water. We say living, I found the living water. I was a church, I used to go to church every Sunday since I was a little boy. My father was backslidden when I was born and my mother took me and dedicated me to the Lord just on her own and presented, gave me to the, presented me to the Lord and dedicated me. The pastor prayed for me. Years later, my father got fired up for God and by the, when he died, he was, he was going to midweek prayer meetings and church. But, but my mother came and brought me and she drove a hundred miles to a church and the pastor prayed for me when I was just a little boy. But... But, you know, I had to make a decision. The living water. And then years and years later, I went to church, went to church. And then then the living water, friend, the baptism of the Holy Spirit that affects us and changes us from the inside out. Friend, how is your container on the inside of you? If it was a container, a spiritual container that you are carrying, you have a body. I'm not talking about your stomach. I'm talking about a spiritual container that you are carrying because we are spiritual people. And that spiritual container that was there. And Jesus said, if you knew who it was who was asking you for a drink, you would ask him for living water. Friend, there must be people that ask Jesus for the the living water. Water. I am convinced this hurting world, I say to Ruth, just every, most days when I look at the television, the hurting world that we are in, the hurting, we saw one of the, we were over in, over in a country there a few, two months ago in one country and I think it was the most wicked place I think I've ever been in my, all my life. This town, I've never seen such, it's like I've been to some bad places. But when the pastor said down that side street, there's 8,000 prostitutes working that street just over there. And, and, and uh, it's just like this, and the center of child prostitution of that whole region of countries is in that place. And it's just the pain. You must, and, 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 and it's, you just feel the pain that this world is in. But we are an answer. Jesus is the answer to this world. And you need to carry the living water that he wants to give you in the vessel that you have got, that you can carry and give that, that, that living water. Friends, amazing. Some of you might have heard the news this last week of the drug traffickers that got executed in Indonesia. Two of them were Australian. And um, they've been doing this heroin. And, and um, who's, you hear about this? Yeah. Tragic, 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 tragic. But they got converted to Christ in the prison. One of them became a, 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 a pastor. He did correspondence course for five years from Melbourne, from a Pentecostal Bible school in Melbourne during his time on death row in Indonesia. Then he, then he, he, he led his mate to the Lord. The both of them were so on fire that in the Indonesian prison, many of them, most of those who were executed this, earlier this week were believers, full-on believers. And when it came to that day, which the government of all the Australian and different governments tried to stop, but they, did, they, they, they didn't even say, we don't even want blindfolds. We don't even want blindfolds. And they were singing. People were over the wall, hearing them worshipping as the crack of the guns took their lives. And they were just worshipping God in the last seconds of their life, paying the price for something that they shouldn't have done. They knew, acknowledged that they were in the wrong, but they had found Christ. 
Friend, I tell you how amazing it is to find Christ. How, the, the, the wonder of Christ. The wonder that can change a, a drug trafficker into someone who's in a prison, who's seeing all this amazing, seeing many, many people touched by God in the prison and not be afraid at the end of, of the gun just pointing at them to take their life. Friend, how amazing Christ is. Oh, friend, the wonders of Jesus and, and who he is. He's not just someone in church on a Sunday, but he's someone that is so, 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 so amazing, so great. I'm so grateful that I had a mum and dad. I'm so grateful for my mum that took me to be dedicated. I'm so grateful that my, my father got fired up for God. And sometimes he wasn't fired up. We went to church one time and the pastor was praying and he went to sleep. I had to kick him. Wake up, dad. Dad went to sleep. He'd been working so hard. He went to sleep. Wake up, dad. But the pastor used to pray for like 20 minutes. He just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. I was probably looking at the caterpillar so I keep him awake. I don't know. But, but friends, the living water of Christ on the end. What have you got in that container? What have you got? It's obvious that those two men that were on death row in Indonesia, they found a living water. They found something on the inside that they could sing about. And all of us are only here for a little while, walking on this earth, walking on this earth. What have we got to give this hurting world? Have your container full all the time. You know what Apostle Paul said? Be filled with the Spirit daily. Be filled with the Spirit. Oh, I spoke in tongues a long time ago. No, no. Every day be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with His presence. Be filled with His life. Be filled with Him. Friend, it's about Him. It's about Him. John 10. The living water. Just three quick things I'm going to say before about the living water is that um, uh, uh, the, Jesus what does he what, in, what does it do in that living water when you when he you says I would give you living water I believe that Jesus gives you courage I really believe that when you drink of the living water of the Holy Spirit he will change you and and give you courage like those men they would hate the courage of that in the last seconds and moments of their life but I was kind of a timid Christian, really, kind of secret service man. I didn't want to be a, I never wanted to be a preacher. I used to come to church last. Nothing wrong if you sit up there last, but I used to come to last, and and I used to, I used to leave first. I'd be sitting in the car waiting for Ruth. You want to talk to people, chat to people, you know? I'd be there sitting in my car. Just look at Ruth coming out there, and I think, oh, here she goes. Have another ten minutes walking down the steps, and and I'd be tapping my fingers on the steering wheel, you know. But 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 that's my old man. I didn't. Now I found Jesus. I didn't even like people. I just want to invite people to my house. I thought, people. I said, lady, I've chosen you from all the women of the world. Just be happy with me. I'm happy with you. I don't want any other women. I just want you. You have me. We sit in the lamp together on a tro- remote tropical island all by ourselves. We don't need anybody else. She said, but I want people to come to my house. I said, well, okay. I'll just go work up on the farm while you're talking to them. <laughs> But when Jesus comes from, but Jesus gives us courage to overcome our fears and our insecurities in our life. You know, Jesus was not a passive, weak, non-achiever. He actually was a courageous person. I believe that Jesus fills people's hearts with adventure, with an adventure. Filled his life, his disciples' hearts with adventure. Come follow me. 
I'll teach you how to be fishers of men. Jesus said, learn from me. Man, Jesus, ah, I'd encourage you. Jesus said, learn from me. You want to have the living water, you will learn from Jesus. The living water will give you courage in your life. You know, I didn't see I didn't see that when I was in my early years. I went to Sunday school. I look around at the four photographs on the wall that I looked around for, for about ten years in Sunday school. I looked around one sheep. One picture over here was Jesus carrying a little sheep. Oh, it's a nice picture. We had a sheep on our farm, and Jesus was there carrying the sheep there. We called our sheep Dodo. I was wondering what I wonder what Jesus' <laughs> sheep was. And uh, and then it was just there. another picture was there. Jesus was a, had a shepherd's crook walking along like a shepherd. I thought, oh, that's. It's nice that Jesus is a shepherd. I had a picture there, and I was like, so, my, it just did not capture the heart of this, of this boy. Didn't capture it. But when the Holy Spirit came, and in that living water, he gave me courage in my heart to live. Friends, let's not have fear in our heart. Let's courage. I believe that, that the Samaritan, as he walked down that road, he had courage in his heart with that oil and that wine. And he thought, well, there may be other robbers there, but I'm going to go over and help Mike right now. Friend, friend, number two, what Jesus does, just three things that he gives you with this living water. He gives you a heart for humanity. He gives you a heart for humanity. I love this story. I've told it so often. Every time I come here, I tell a story of when Kevin and Cheryl came over the hill. I don't know which hill it was. Is there a hill? You said you came over the hill when you, you drove into, into over to Aberdeen and you looked at the city of Aberdeen and she began to weep for the city of Aberdeen. Is that how it happened? I've told the story more than you probably. <laughs> and uh, and about, about these people who had never been to this city before. They looked across at this, this granite city of Aberdeen and just began to weep for the city of Aberdeen. Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I want to gather you as a hen would gather its chicks. That's the heart of Jesus. That's the heart of Jesus that will give you a heart for humanity, friends. Heart, when we look at these pictures of Nepal and the, the people, let us not be removed from the needs of humanity. Let us not be removed and think there's nothing that we can do. Friend, there's lots that we can do in this world. There's so much that we can do to help this world with the, the oil and the wine. What is the oil and wine going to do in your life this week? It's going to be touched through the people that you meet. Just even giving on a global compassion, the people's lives that you can touch. People's lives, your work colleagues, wherever you are. Friend, that's where it needs it. That's where it's important. Friend, there's many people, and it's innocent people who thought tragedy would never come to them in this world. But Jesus saw the individual. Let us see the individual, not just the crowd of people. Let us look for the individual. When Jesus was there and he's gone along and he stopped, I've often said this, what made the Son of God's feet stop? But it was of someone up a tree called Zacchaeus. Why? The Son of God walking down the road, he stopped and looked. He said, Zacchaeus, come down. Jesus had a heart for the individual. Friend, let's have a heart for the individual. Jesus in absolute agony and the weight of the pain upon the cross. And he turns and he says, today you shall be with me in paradise. Friend, that's the man that I, that's the person. That's, Jesus is my hero. When I look at Jesus and the way that individuals meant so much to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your place for dinner. Friend, let's have a heart for individuals, for the, for the ones, twos, threes, fours. They all mount up. This world. Friend, what's in your container? What's in your container? What's in your container? Different size container. What's in your container? What is in your container? 
Friend, I think about Peter and John as they went up into the temple. And they said, silver and gold have I none. They didn't have any in their container, any silver and gold. The beggar was there. Well, look, we didn't have them. Silver and gold have we none. But such as we have, we give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So in his natural container, he didn't have much. You may not have much in your natural container, but let's just talk about your spiritual container. Who you are as a person that you have got something to give this world. Friends, this is one of the happiest churches I go to on the planet. I mean, I've been everywhere. I've, I've been to places. I've been to places. I tell them last night how I got kicked out of one place one time. I was talking in the church. The pastor was so cranky. He said, get out. So went out. Anyway, that's a long time ago now. You shouldn't talk, didn't you? <laughs> but friends, this is so happy. Make sure you ask the deeper question. Ask the deeper question. What have these people got? What have they got? When I first came to a church like this, at first I thought they must have been on drugs or something like that. <laughs> I walked out and I said to Ruth, if you're going to be my wife, you're not coming back there again. I think they're having drugs and booze before the meet and they're going to have the rest, they're going to have the rest afterwards. I, I knew they were on something. They were on, I had worked out that they were on something. I just had miscalculated what they had. I had worked it out. I said, they're on drugs and booze and they're going to, they're going to have more afterwards. You gotta, you're my girl. I'm living four hours driveway. I can't keep an eye on you down here all the time. Better off you to go to a different place. But then seven years... Seven long years. You know, heard about Nebuchadnezzar eating grass for seven years? That was me. <laughs> seven years. I would. I was at my farm, my cattle. I'd just be chewing on that grass with my cowboy hat. I had a big cowboy hat sitting on the cattle rails, selling my cattle. And then Jesus came and touched this cattle man. He touched me. He touched me with a love for humanity, a love for people, a love for people, men, people. I didn't even like them. I just didn't like people. I mean, there's too many of them. I used to just go walking up the paddock, shoot kangaroos, just go on my motorbike. And, and people. Never been to her. I, first when I met Ruth, I had to go and visit her in a city. I'd never, I never driven in a city. I come to a roundabout. I went around the, the wrong way. <laughs> We're on the motorbike. I went around the wrong way. Going around. I'd never seen a motorbike. And my town didn't have motor roundabouts. It didn't have little traffic lights. It didn't have McDonald's. It didn't have nothing. It's still like that. <laughs> but, but people, friend, people, look at them. They're people. They're people. That Jesus came. And he would look at the crowds. And as the lady went away, left her water pots and went away from the well of Samaria, and the whole crowd, Jesus said, looked up the fields are white under harvest. From where walking down the street, the harvest is before us everywhere. Let's love humanity. Let's love humanity. And that's number two. And just lastly, number three. Number three, Jesus helps us go the extra mile. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. I believe this, that we should be people that go the extra mile. Don't, don't just, some people, I found some people don't even go the one mile. Some people, some people don't want to stop before the mile. Man, other people just say, well, I've done the one mile and that is far enough I'm going. Man, when I was running the London Marathon a few years ago, it's like, I got to the end. I thought, man, 
I don't care whether my legs is going to fall off. I am getting over that finishing line. I am just, I'm getting up. You've got to run, man. You've got to go the extra mile. In your Christian life, in your believer's life, let us be people that excel, not just be average. Yeah. No, no, no. We're not average. I mean, I'm looking up Josephine up here, smile. I mean, she's not average. I mean, a smile. I don't know how does a woman talk so much? Well, it's smiles. Like, why are they talking? I mean, if I was to smile, I don't know what time I'd be there talking like this. And I don't know. I just, it's just like, I've got to actually think about what I'm saying. How do you think about what you're saying over such a smile in your face at the same time? <laughs> Friends. Jesus, he puts a smile on your face. Go the extra mile. Whatever is required of you in this Christian life, whatever is required of you. About Ruth and I are in Manchester at the moment. Now, what are we doing in Manchester? Good question. Look, I left my home in Gainda. I went to Innisfail, took over the church. We were there for nine years, planted a church around the South Pacific. Then I went, that was north. Then I went north again to, uh, to, uh, to England, to Brighton. We were there for 20 years. But about... Two years, 18 months ago, this guy, young guy, Ben Donovan, some of you know, he came and said, Ashley, Ruth, would you come with us to help us plant a church in Manchester? I mean, Manchester. 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 I mean, I, we didn't even think about what's the weather like, what's the people like. I mean, we just thought about it for a while and said, Ruth, let's go on a honeymoon. I'll take you to Manchester <laughs> for our honeymoon. I mean, so we're at there. We're just helping Ben Donovan plant a church in Manchester. And it's like, it's like, it's so funny. It's like, we never thought we'd go to Manchester. But you don't know, really. It's people, oh, you don't know what God's going to say to you, where to go the extra mile this week, this next year. I want to say that when Jesus asks something of you, don't stop before that mark. Don't just say, well, this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, whatever it is, whatever it is. We say, oh, I, I don't feel like leading Connect Group anymore. I just don't want to lead a home group anymore. Hey, hey, look, someone was happy going there last week to your house. Now you don't want them anymore. Friend, whatever it is that Jesus asks you to do. When he came to England, I mean, you've heard the story many years, many times. I was in a conference. Like this. Oh, it's in Jesus. And, and the leader said, We're starting churches in the United Kingdom. And no, he didn't. Sorry. That's not how he said. He said, Who has got English ancestry? I put up my hand. I've got an English grandmother. Green's grandmother was born there. I put up my hand. He said, Wonderful. We can send you there. My hand's up here. My hand went down so fast. It went, nearly went straight through the chair next to me. Went down there under my backside, sat on my hand. And I thought, This is where it's staying. I mean, man, I nearly got caught then. I thought, Whoa. man, that was close. That was close. Ruth, you didn't see that hand in the air, did you? No way. That was close. My assistant pastor sitting next to me, name's Dan. He said, Ashley, I think you'll go there. I said, no way. God gives you the desires of your heart, and that is not my desire. Why would you want to go to England? Why would you want to go to Britain, cold, wet, and miserable? I have found it's still cold. <laughs> I have found it's still wet, but it's definitely not miserable. You know, it's definitely not. And the, the funny thing was, when I finally, when God finally says, up and move, come to Britain, I thought, what a great idea. Because he's on the inside. He, that's where he's not over here somewhere. He's here on the inside. And he, he just, that's what he, listened to his voice. 
What's on the inside of you? Allow him to be filled over to flow, overflowing in your heart. Go the extra mile. Let's not stop. Let's not stop. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I don't know. I'm just a young man. I feel like when I'm talking with Kevin and we look at each other and, man, I've known Kevin and Cheryl for over 20 years. But it's 20 years. But this is, this is, well, it's been fun, hasn't it been fun? It's been fun, Kevin. Then <laughs> in a few years' time, we'll be in an old people's home there <laughs> telling this story. Remember that time, Kev? <laughs> but this is our life now. And this is your life. Let's enjoy the journey. Let's touch humanity. Let's touch people. Let's touch people, friends. Scotland. Scotland. Aberdeen. Let's win. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com.